Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is HR legend John Dawson, Group Director of People Development at Lower Group. Coming up on today's show... John finds himself in a bit of a predicament. So literally I walk outside, open the door and realise I'm in the women's changing rooms. Phil talks to John about missed career opportunities. You obviously missed a real opportunity way back at the beginning to kind of go into the world of stripping. And we learn that revenge is a dish best served cold. Get back to your room and literally you get up in the morning and go, I can't believe it. You know, someone to put a bird bath in the shower. All that and so much more as John talks us through his career and story to date in what has been a truly superb journey so far. Don't forget to give us a like and a share across your favourite social channels. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today we're back in the world of humans and another one of London's HR heavy hitters with some real powerhouse brands behind them, including the London Edition and the Mandarin Oriental in Hyde Park. He's now looking forward to his new role of Group Director of People Development at the Lower Group, also ranked in the top 40 most influential HR practitioners in the UK by HR Magazine. So I am super excited to welcome to the show, John Dawson. Hey, good morning, Phil. Thank you. And wow, 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 what a welcome. <laughs> I'm totally humbled by that. But, yeah, hey, do you want to leave it there? Should we just well, go? Well, should we just leave it there? That's, yeah. that's great. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure, you know. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. How are you doing anyway? Yeah, very good. Very good. But hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of um, reciprocate, the, uh, reciprocate the big introduction and say, hey, listen, you know, thank you for, for everything that, that you've been doing with these podcasts. I know kind of when we originally connected, I was saying how, what a pleasure it is to hear so many great industry legends and, and professionals, you know, on, on these podcasts and and many who I've not seen, let's call it, for a very, very long time due to where yeah. we are in the world at the moment. But hey, listen, you know, I've really, really enjoyed them and it's been an absolute pleasure listening to them. I'm delighted to be part of it. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're you're a legend. Thank you very much. Uh, the um, I'm going to take that excerpt out now. That's going in all my marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where in the world are you today? So, so today, um, like like many people, probably at the moment, um, th- Thursdays and Fridays are, are days that I actually work from home. So, um, I've been up this morning six a.m. for for a little run. You know, um, sat at home now, um, having a nice coffee, uh, done my exercise. I, I believe you've done the Joe Wicks exercise this morning. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get that one in. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, yes, that's it's crucial home. though, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, like I, I just, I find it such a positive way to to kick your day off. Like, I'm not necessarily doing the Joe Wicks uh, workout, but you know, any form of exercise just gets the blood going, the juices going to the right places. Yeah. Um, and I, you just feel energized and ready to go. And, and you know what? That's why, that's why literally, you know, I've got two kids and, uh, and my wife, you know, they're all up early. So just to get out just for an hour in the morning, you know, just to, just to go for a nice run, clear the head and it just kind of sets you up or sets me up for the day anyway. Um, yeah. I just feel so much better for doing it. And, you know, definitely, especially, especially in the, the, these times that we're living at the moment, I definitely need something to, to, to get up and get you going. Absolutely. Fully, fully support that. For sure. So we're recording this on the 30th of October in the year of 2020. And I'm doing this now because um, if you're picking this up in the year 2040, you'll be wondering what we're talking about. But uh, I think 2020 will be known for quite a long time. 
Yeah, I think um, everyone I seem to talk about at the moment uh, says we can't wait for 2021. You know, it's not been, yeah. not been the best of years, has it? Certainly within our industry at all. And, uh, you know, oh, hopefully, okay. hopefully, hopefully brighter times are uh, on the horizon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I, well, they, they will be. It's just a question of when. Isn't yeah, it? when, yeah. We just uh, need these scientists to find that vaccine ASAP, don't we? And get back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Yeah. Good man. Anyway, I'll park that because um, that's obviously not why we're here. Let's go all the way back to the, the beginning. And um, how did you end up in, in hospitality and talk us through your, your life and journey? Yeah, so uh, how did I end up in hospitality? Well, it's kind of a bit like many people, to be honest with you, kind of fell into it by mistake. Give a little bit of background from, from kind of where I'm from. Grew up in, um, in Sheffield, uh, one of the biggest sort of council estates in Europe at the time. And uh, you know, I think it's fair to say, you know, it, it wasn't the easiest place in the world to grow up, but, but you know, my family kind of kept me on the straight and narrow. Um, and the thing that kind of kept me on the straight and narrow was back back in the day, back in my youth, um, I was able to kick a ball around fairly decently and um, I had aspirations to, like many young kids at those days, to be a professional footballer. Yeah. Um, but but no, what wasn't going to be one of those people had an injury and didn't make it, just kind of wasn't at the right level. Always wanted to play for Sheffield Wednesday, my team, but but back in the day, Sheffield Wednesday were really good. So um ended up playing for Sheffield United. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, as a youth, as a youth, yeah. And uh, Was that uh, David Hurstys? Oh, Dame Hurst and Chris Waddell. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? In, in these days of podcasts at the moment, I've listened to so many football podcasts. There's a great one from John Parkin about all the footballers. So I know you're a big football fan, maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah. have a listen to those on the way. But yeah, Noted, yeah. David Hurst, Chris Waddle fan. But yeah, as in, you know, was, 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 had aspirations to, to, to play a good level. D- didn't, didn't quite make it with Sheffield United. So they went to play for a team called Chesterfield, which back yeah. in the day was... Uh, Chesterfield probably, keeps coming up. That's yeah. where my wife's from. No way. The Crooked yeah. Spire. That's if, if, if anyone's said, where's that? It's got a Crooked Spire. That's about... <laughs> it's about... It is, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go. So yeah, played played for those. Was literally weeks away from uh, from getting a, a YTS contract as they were back in the day. Like you, you kind of signed a YTS before you signed professional and, um, and unfortunately got released. So, so then um, decided, well, you know, I better go and get myself, you know, an education and uh, played semi-professional football for uh, a club called Works Up Town. Studied at college, to be honest with you, like, what shall I do? Uh, uh, hotel tourism management, maybe because it's sport and travel, just right. to be kind of fun. And, that, and that's kind of where I started, really. And then kind of, you know, was playing, playing football, um, you know, a, a weekend studying during the week completed my, my college, you know, um, GMVQ, I think it was at the time. And a really, really good lecturer who's a lady called Vanessa Ellis, who, believe it or not, was the England basketball ladies coach um, at right. the time and um, said, you know, you should really go to university. I was like, didn't really want to go to university. It seemed really expensive, but actually took that advice on board, went to Sheffield Hallam University, did a degree in hotel tourism management. And, and where really my career in hospitality started is, is kind of my, my placement year where um, I went to, to Naples, Florida to work for, for a company back then called Boca Resort Sink in, in a hotel called the Register Resort for 18 months. And it was just the best time of my life. You know, it was just, you know, yep. being sort of 21, living in Florida. I had a two-seater, like, little sports car because had to drive everywhere where we lived. You know, living in the sun in Miami at weekends. It was just great, you know, as in hotel was fantastic. You know, it's super high in luxury. Um, yeah. 
my story from there is I met Mr. Mr. George Bush, uh, the president at the time, on his presidential oh, wow. election campaign. I actually met his father, George Bush Senior, um, a few months later. Actually, so, that's that's the real Bush, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. So my party trick, whenever we are telling me something interesting about it, you know, when they say, who is this? I always say, uh, I've met two American presidents. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I use that one quite a bit. And then kind of, you know, kind of finished university and started applying for jobs. And I applied for, for the Marriott graduate scheme, you know, in operations. And I literally, it was the first job I actually applied for. And I went to an assessment center in, in Coventry. Um, the hotel's not even there anymore the Coventry Courtyard, as it was then, and did a Marriott Assessment Centre. Um, there's a guy called Chris Dunn um, and a lady called Sarah Newsom, who was doing the, the assessments at the time. It's one of the first ones that Marriott did. Right. For their, it was actually Whitbread um, Marriott at, at the of time. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time now. I sound really old. Yeah, showing your age. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, definitely. So literally, you know, um, got, on, got on their graduate scheme, got offered a position at uh, the beautiful Hamby Manor, but... Me and my, my wife, or my wife now, um, she was my girlfriend at the time, went to look at houses down there. It was just so expensive to live. So I actually turned it down, <laughs> which probably looking back probably wasn't the smartest of moves. Right. Um, but, you know, got, got very, very lucky whereby Marriott said, hey, listen, we'd love you to go and, and interview with a lady called Alison Lees at Forest of Arden. So went to Forest of Arden, met Alison Lees, who was the HR director, and started an undergraduate program there. Um, again, I've just been so fortunate in my career to work with some great people and started in operations there and did a kind of a year in operations, event management. And then, you know, one day Alison Lees um, said to me, listen, we, we need to see you tomorrow with the general manager for a meeting. I was like, okay. And my first thought was, what have I done now? <laughs> <laughs> I like to have a laugh and a joke. And I'm like, you know, what have I done now? And so I went to see Alison and, and a guy who's called Marco Gevasoni was actually the acting general manager at the time. Great, great guy. And he said, hey, listen, we'd love you to come and work in HR for six months. And all I was thinking at the time was, this is great. Monday to Friday, I'm not going to be doing weekends, banquets anymore. <laughs> that, that was literally my view of the world at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how I kind of got into HR and, and started at, at Forest of Arden. Um, and it was, it was actually Alison's maternity cover. I was kind of going in there as like an extra pair of hands in HR and kind of progressed through the ranks, you know, with, with Marriott and, you know, was just so fortunate that I had an amazing leader. And I thank her, you know, I thank her all the time. And I always, I always big her up. But Alison Lee, she, she's now the... Um, She's now the, like the, the the VP of HR for, for Marriott UK and Ireland. She was the one that literally taught me everything that I knew about HR. You know, she was an amazing mentor, you know, eventually became HR manager at that property, Forest of Arden, then was then given an opportunity to be multi-site HR manager um, for a property called Solihull Renaissance, but it came with a big but. Okay. And the was, um, you're going to be HR manager for Forest of Arden and Solihull Renaissance. But we're selling it, and it closed down. <laughs> so we had to. Oh, okay. That. So, so that was kind of a really interesting experience at the time, and you know, looking back, that that taught me so much. Um, so it was only for a kind of a short stint, but but effectively to close and rebrand a hotel down was very very tough at the time. But you know, great learning curve, and then Marriott kind of restructured back in the day, and um, they, they created these kind of clusters and regions. Um, and, and a position came up to be sort of multi-site HR director for the east of, of England areas. Um, so again, it, it just gave me some great, great opportunity to kind of go on and be a multi-site HR director. I, I've got to say, it probably wasn't 
the most enjoyable position that, that, that I've ever had because one of the hotels was Sprouston Manor in Norwich and that was like a two and a half hour drive away from one of the other hotels in Huntington that was on a business park but right you know what? I was just so so fortunate I spent a lot of time in the car back then but I was just so fortunate to be given the opportunity and it really taught you how to how to you know get the very 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 best out of situations and, and people and how to engage them you know with, with with you know very very minimum resources so you know i'm really thankful that i was given that opportunity and, it, and again really taught me a lot about working with different general managers different multi-site and, and to be honest with you you know if, if i had not done that role i wouldn't have got which is, which is was kind of my break i i say the the opportunity to open the the st pancras renaissance hotel um yeah it's crossing an amazing building um you know for, for those people that Phenomenal. don't know it, yeah it's, it's a huge building and and again you know i'll tell you a funny story actually um i'll tell you about my interview um and and how how kind of different probably london is for when you've been working the provinces um, i had an interview with kevin kelly who's the general manager at the time and again so fortunate to work with kevin he did so much for me and literally my, my interview, I came all the way down, you know, from, from the north to London. I got a brand new suit, you know, a brand new white shirt, red tie. I'd even got a briefcase um, that someone had actually bought me with my laptop in. And literally I met Kevin in um, in King's Cross under the under the statue um, in King's Cross. And Kevin had literally got a pair of jeans and a polo shirt and a pair of jeans. <laughs> oh, you didn't need to come dressed up for your interview. And literally we walked through the, we walked through the site, the building site, as it was then. We had lunch. And, and literally he offered me the job over lunch. It was so interesting. I, I was I was on cloud nine when I came out of, you know, I'd gone down yeah, for an interview and we're kind of sitting there saying, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And just great, great, great times. And, you know. Do you know what I remember about that property was I know uh, one of your, well, it's not yours because you're not there anymore, but um, director of finances, a guy called Sam. Sam Tabash. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, how you pronounce it? I've never known how to pronounce his second name, but there yeah. we are. And he very kindly gave me a tour of the, the hotel. This is not long after it opened. And I'd never had a, a kind of behind-the-scenes tour of, of anywhere before. And, I mean, that building is just amazing. It's just, I, you can't describe it. It's one of the most beautiful buildings in London, I think. It, to, to open open that hotel was just something very very special. And I always said when when I got that job, I honestly I never ever thought I was going to get that job. You know, going from kind of mm. like the the, the provinces to, to opening, which which at the time I think was was Marriott's biggest hotel opening in Europe. They'd had for years, and just when you you kind of walk down and just in awe of the building, when you stop and look at the size of it, but the history of it is just phenomenal. The HR office actually was in a an old in an old bedroom and the old bedroom apparently was haunted where um a man murdered someone um let, let's call it a lady of the night in there and uh, literally i didn't i didn't find this out until about <laughs> six months into the job and we had a hotel historian because what used to happen in the hotel it used to drive us crazy as, at the time is we'd be sitting in a meeting room and literally you know the door would open in the meeting room and it'd be, you know, a little old lady and a little old man going, oh, this is lovely. And, you know, my family used to come down here. And it's like, I know, can we just have a look? It's like, yeah. And, but literally we had so many people because it was, you know, it, it, at the time, I think it was the most expensive hotel in the world when it was built. Yeah. Um, and we had so many people who from the UK had been so wanting to get inside that building and see the history for it that we actually hired 
a hotel historian for the first year and actually did tours of the building. And the reason why we did it, one, is because it obviously generated a little bit of revenue, but but two, it actually stopped people just walking around and opening office doors and, and coming into meeting rooms when meeting yeah. <laughs> you know, it controlled it a little bit. But yeah. It, it, was, it was brilliant, honestly. And, and Kevin Kelly, what a GM to work for. Um, I don't know if you know Kevin, but such I don't an inspirational, know. such a visionary person. And then again, he was just so good at building teams and, and you know, engaging people. But yeah, it was it was just such a great, great time. And I always say, you know, I'm going to be able to walk past that building in years to come with my kids and go, I reopened that. Yeah. <laughs> I Take it away from me. A part of the team that did that is, you know, is, is great. And mm. Isn't it funny? I, the, like, you know, when you you got offered the, the job, you were on cloud nine, but then you go into well, this is my baby now, right? This is that, that's the mode that you're in. And you probably don't fully appreciate what you're achieving at the time um, it, until you step away and reflect. It, it's so funny because um, how, how the addition role actually came around was, but, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we did a good job, you know, with, with St Pancras and with the recruitment and, you know, London, London, as you know, as you know, it's your space better than mine. It's such a tough place when things are back to normal to, to, to go and get great, great, great people. They're out there, yeah. but trying to get yeah. them, you know, is, is, is half the battle. And we did such a good job in, in positioning that hotel. You know, we were with Cater.com. We were phenomenal at helping us kind of like, you know, position it. And it was like your your little baby. But but kind of the, the, the challenge was is Maria at the time was doing um, this, this new brand called Edition Hotels. And uh, and, the, and I'll tell you the story how the how the role came around is um, Debbie Vickers who was kind of my boss said hey listen you know um, there's a guy called David Taylor who we've just hired who's going to be the the GM um, and and um, is is with the VP of operations for Edition could you just show them around St Pancras and I probably gave him the tour that Sam gave you <laughs> you know yeah. St Pancras and walked them around and back of house how we designed it and created it. And, and literally, you know, we sat there in the bar and, um, you know, had a beer with David and a guy called Michael Monarca. David left. And, and Michael, you know, said to me, um, I don't know if I've actually said this publicly, Michael actually said to me, where can we find a HR director like you? And I said, well, yeah. listen, there's a couple of people that, you know, I can maybe give you names to, to have a look. And he's like, no, no, John, you're missing the point. <laughs> where can we find a HR director like you? Uh, right here. It's like, but actually, I didn't want to leave. I was like, right, yeah. you got to remember at the time that Edition Hotels had not had the best start, you know, from, from a, let's call it a hotel perspective. Because it opened a hotel in Hawaii and it was only open for a couple of weeks. And they, they had a big issue with the owner and, the you know, the owner took back the hotel illegally. And then also... God, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and then, then they got a property in Istanbul that kind of wasn't working out where, again, from an ownership perspective, um, he was you know, quite, quite demanding and, and, and kind of wanted it to be his hotel rather than kind of an addition hotel. And, and I was mm. like, why would I want to leave this amazing hotel? And I think the hotel had been open a year. I've got so much more to, to do there that I wanted to do to go into a brand that, you know, <laughs> is, <laughs> it, 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 this is the reputation, you know? And, and, yeah. and he said, listen, you know, so, so then I met David, David said, Hey, listen, you know, Michael was saying how impressed with the, you know, relation would love you to apply for the role. So listen, let me think about it. You know, called David, said thanks, but no thanks. And then, you know, Debbie Vickers spoke to me, said you should really apply for the role, you know, because, you know, you've done an opening, this would be really good. You know, I said, thanks, but no take, thanks. Take a hint, John. <laughs> but listen, it got to the point where I sat one day at St Pancras in my office and my phone rang and it was a lady called Bridget Price, who was the chief human resources officer for, for Marriott at the time for Europe. 
And you know what? She was absolutely brilliant. She she kind of she kind of made me understand that this was not just going to be a hotel opening because I kind of was looking at that. I've got a big hotel at St Pancras. I've got lots to do. Mm. You know, London edition, one hundred and seventy three bedrooms. You know what? It's a smaller property, not necessarily you know a brand that's perceived well within the company. And she was like, John, you're kind of missing the point. We've invested over a billion dollars in three assets, London, Miami, and New York. You know, you're going to be on calls with, with Arnie Sorensen, you know, and, and this is kind of one of Marriott's big, big things that they want this brand to be successful. And you're going to have a white piece of paper to go and write a brand from scratch. These opportunities in your life don't come around that often. Yeah. And it's only kind of when she kind of really made me see the lie and explained that to me. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll go for the role. You know, I went for the role, you know, went through kind of the interview process and and got the role. And it was the best decision I think I've ever done in my career because, you know, the, the team that we had at Edition and to be part of actually creating a brand that stands so strong today and has grown and developed and evolved. And what makes me most proud is some of the things that we put from a people perspective are still used today, you know, and are still strong within hotels. And, and for me to be part of that team that helped create that and, you know, we just we just had an amazing team. Dave, David Taylor, who you know is is my current boss at, at the moment, and, and in my opinion, you know, one of the most talented people you know in hospitality and hotels is just such an amazing leader and yeah. brilliant at the time. You know, bringing the team together, we had a great operations director, Edwin Kramer, who has gone on to be GM for Tradition and now Nobu. It was just it, we just we just did everything really well as a team, and and that hotel was just it was just a phenomenon when it opened. It was absolutely right place, right time, right team. It's just, everything just seems to work so well. Mm. So, yeah, so uh, that was kind of, kind of what happened with, with, with the London edition. And then that role then kind of progressed into, we then kind of opened Miami um, and, and, New, and New York. And because, you know, London had gone well, I was kind of drafted in as, the team to help support those HR teams, open those held teams. There was a lady called Kelly Icard who used to do all the Ritz-Carlton edition and Bulgari openings that, you know, was amazing for me. So she kind of wrote me into the Ritz-Carlton openings as well. And, um, you know, we, we, those were fun times, you know, we did some, did some really, really fun times. We had a great opening team. She was, she was great. You know, you'd work really, really, really hard, but you'd also play hard as well. You know, you kind of start your day at 6am in the morning, at 11 o'clock at night before the hotel, <laughs> you kind of all get together and have a beer um, and yeah. kind of get back to your room. And literally you get up in the morning and go, oh, I can't believe it. You know, someone to put a bird bath in your shower. You know, it's just, yeah. like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, you're right, right. I know he's done that. So the next day it'd be kind of right. As you're loading out the OS and I'm like, it's coming for you, this one. Yeah, so Re- revenge is a yeah. dish best served cold. Yeah, see all these boxes here. Yeah, put them in room 201. So literally when um, the person went back to 201, they literally opened the door and the room was actually full of boxes that they couldn't get into it because we'd stuck yeah. so high. So, so again, you know, fun, fun, fun times doing doing those hotels. And then... Um, you know, it, 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 just a, just an amazing time in my life, really, and just a, a great time to be part of that brand. And then, you know, kind of kind of from a personal level, I got you know I got children at that time, and I was traveling quite a bit. And, and the Mandarin Oriental kind of you know came knocking and and said, "Hey, listen, you know, we, we're going to do this refurbishment, and um, you know, would you be interested in, in kind of doing it?" And um, it's interesting actually because because that role actually did they actually spoke to me about a year before and was in the new new york opening and i actually turned it down because you know at at the time the renovation was maybe going to happen maybe not going to happen 
Right. And I actually spoke to the GM and said, thanks for the opportunity. A guy called Gerard Sintes. Thanks for the opportunity. But, um, you know, if the scaffolding goes up, you know, um, feel free to give me a call. And again, one, one Saturday morning and sat at home, phone rings, Gerard Sintes, general manager, Mandarin Oriental. That's a bit strange. Picked up the phone. He said, good morning, John. It's Gerard. I said, oh, good morning, Gerard. How are you? Said, so the scaffolding's gone up. When are we meeting for a coffee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so kind of, you know, kind of, you know, the, the, the HR director was leaving at the time. Again, things, I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason. And, yeah. and it was just, again, another right time. Right. But also, you're, you seem to have a, a very clear strategy of just saying no to mm. to gather greater interest like when people people want you on board and then and then you go no it's not it's not the right time it sort of makes them go ah no i, I want this guy <laughs> i mean I, I, I kind of wouldn't say that's my strategy i think i think i think probably more the strategies around it's got to be right for me the right time but more importantly yep. for me it's the people who who you work with because it's so important in, in what we do in yeah. HR and people, you know, for me, it's got to be the right team, the right place, you know, the, the, the right kind of opportunity where you can actually go in and, and make a make a big difference, you know, because that's yeah. kind of where I get my energy from. And, you know, the Mandarin was, you know, 100 million refurbishment. I've always wanted to do, you know, one of the big, big, you know, London hotels, whether it be a Dorchester, you know, a Claridge's, a Mandarin Oriental, you mm. know, a Savoy, you know. And so, so I was like, you know, what? I've never done, I've never done that before. I was traveling a lot with, with Edition at the time. And I was like, you know, what? it gives me an opportunity to be back in one place, do an opening. And I always knew that th this hotel could be phenomenal. It's an amazing location. The product at the time was very, very, very tight. It wasn't, it wasn't great. They just had the hotel documentary, which was interesting. Let's just leave it at that, shall we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was kind of thinking that, you know what, as in, this is a great opportunity to kind of go in building an amazing HR team and it's going to have a great product. So again, the, the kind of the, 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 the kind of direction that you move in is you can have a great product. It's a luxury, amazing brand, you know, it gives you an opportunity to kind of put your stamp on the own place. And, and yeah, and we did, we did a good job. The renovation was very, very tough because the hotel was kind of half open, half closed. So you was kind of going into to one meeting, looking at reopening an area, then going into another area saying this and you know we're going to close this area down and all the things that come with closing the area down from a people perspective and then you've got the day job to do so you you was kind of doing a hotel closing a hotel opening and running a hotel all in one all job so yeah it was it, it was tough i'm not gonna lie it was very very tough that first well it, it's all kind of i suppose part of the the experience generating though isn't it i mean you know you how do you get exposure and stuff like that unless you're thrust in to to, to things like that and then you know you've got this experience for life yeah. um if you ever find yourself in a situation where you've got a hotel that's going through exactly the same thing um you'll be the go-to guy it's you know and, and, and again I'm, I'm very very fortunate that there's some great great hr people you know within the industry that, that when you're going through those kind of situations you know you can lean on as in i know you did the um the the, the podcast with, with my good friend uh, eugenio piri who is yeah. who's someone who i say is not my official mentor but someone who i look up to respect and has given me so much guidance and you know and again in my view one of very very re the best people culture 
you know professionals there is you know not just yeah. not just in the hr and not just in hospitality but within the hr industry all them i'm just using people like that you know to, to bounce ideas from and say hey yeah. what do you think about that you know i'm not i'm not one of those people that i'm more than happy to pick up the phone to someone and, and ask for their opinion if i don't know the answer you know and then that's that's the great thing about working our industry there's so many great people around yeah you know what i'd, I'd, I'd love about genial is that you know from the outside looking in he's got this massively seriously big role you know that demands this sort of uh you know serious focus but actually under the skin of the the serious role is a, a really really humble guy oh, and i absolutely that that to me sums up the, the the perfect kind of mentality to to make it uh, in this business and and you know what you look at you look at his kind of background from you know he said it beautifully on his podcast about where it come from from you know flipping burgers in mcdonald's to being you know the, the chief people and culture officer for the dorchester yeah. collection that's the that's the most wonderful thing about our industry you know, and he's got these beautiful hotels. And again, I'll, I'll be very, very candid and honest with you. Part of the reason why I, I took this current role was because I, I kind of looked at what Genio's done and achieved at the Dorchester Collection in 10 years and kind of the role that he's in and the role that I've moved to. I'd kind of hope that in 10 years time, you know, I've kind of achieved similar type of things with the kind of different types of hotels that we've got. But but he's, he's kind of the guy that I look up to and, and go, wow, you know, what, what, a, what an amazing industry professional and HR professional and such a humble guy. And, you know, so, so yeah. So if you've not listened yeah. to Genio's podcast, there's a plug for Genio's podcast. Very good. Thanks very much. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it through all of the guests. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. No, like, um, um, yeah. Now I, I believe something amusing happened in your very first shift at, uh, at Mandarin Oriental. Oh, right. So, so yeah, as in, um, so, so I, I joined it. Um, I joined in November and at, at the time that the GM at the time, Jared Sintas liked everyone to do weekend manager duties, which, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of, I've got to be honest, because I'm a big believer that the ops guys are in ops because they're good. You put a HR guy in operations, not so good at it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I work in HR. So, so yeah, so, um, so as, as I mentioned at the start, I'm an early bird, like to get up, you know, and so you have to stay in the hotel over the weekend. So, you know, I stayed in the hotel Saturday night and you're allowed to use the facilities. So um, I go down to the gym 6am Sunday morning go and go and do my workout and it's a beautiful gym downstairs at the Mandarin Oriental and and, and when you go down the locker rooms they're quite dark um right so I go down to the locker room you know go to get changed and in the locker rooms they're all kitted out with steam room um relaxation beds you know showers you know, it's high and luxury hotel kind of thing you'd expect so you know I, I go in take my gym stuff off put it on the bench go and lay um, have a shower go in um, in the jacuzzi in the steam room you know go and lay on the relaxation bed go and have another you know cool down shower go to my locker and my birthday is the 19th of december and so i always put like my my stuff in locker number 19 so go to find locker number 19 and it's just like these locker rooms are big i i could have swore it was there it was definitely it was definitely by the door when i came in and I start looking round, and I'm thinking, hold on, these lockers are completely different. And then the penny drops. So I'm thinking, oh, no. So literally I walk outside, open the door and realize I'm in the women's changing rooms. 
<laughs> Oops. Bear in mind, this is the first week of January, right? And I started the job in November. I'm, I'm still in my probation. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm in the women's locker rooms, you know, at like 6.30 in the morning. You know, it's a good job there's no one around, you know. And I'm like, oh, my word. So literally get my stuff, you know, run into the men's. I'm like, I can't believe I've made this mistake. So literally you know, get changed. And I literally, I'm emailed with the GM and the hotel manager says, listen, just to let you know, if it's on CCTV, I made a huge mistake. But my biggest fear was that what would have happened if someone would have actually come down, you know, I, yeah. I'm there literally in my pair of shorts in the ladies' locker room. They say, I want to see the duty manager who's the most senior person. Then I rock up, you know? And that's you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah, that was kind of my first kind of um, foray in Mandarin, but Gerard and, and Flavia, who's a, the hotel manager, I did have a laugh about it. Hey, you know, no, no problems, no, you know, no issues were caused type of thing. But yes, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. But was, you know, these things happen, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's part of that, that's life. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I always remember back in the Marriott days. I won't name which hotel or, or which GM, but um, I, I like to have a little bit of a laugh and a joke. And um, and um, there, there was an event on at our hotel, and the general manager was stopping with us, and we organised the engineering director while I was at the event to physically go in and turn his hotel bedroom entirely upside down. You know, so it was kind of heavy lifting, like turning the wardrobe upside down, the TV <laughs> in the bed. That, 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 was, that, that, was, that was an interesting evening when he came back after a couple of glasses of champagne. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, and then um, I, 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 I'll tell you one more while we're on funny stories. Um, Ed, Ed White, guy who was director of sales and marketing at St Pancras Renaissance, you know, he, in my leaving do, he kind of found some photos of me when I first came to London that, how do I say, probably wasn't as polished as, as what I was when I left. And, um, and he put them all up in, um, in kind of my leaving drinks. And I was like, oh, my word, what did I look like? You know, bad haircut. I had hair back then. Don't know. You know, bad, bad haircut you know, ill-fitting suits. And so he came and stayed with us um, at Edition. And um, I was in the day when he stayed. So I spoke to the guest relations people and I said, listen, and I got all pictures of him. I said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, I'm going to go out and, you know, put it out of my own pocket. You got all these photos printed of, of Ed in his, you know, his business suits and, and, and various other pictures we've got kind of the times at St. Pancras. And yeah. I must have got about 20, 25 photos and actually put them all in his room that he was checking in and wrote a, a, a mock note from the guest relations manager to say, dear Mr. White, you know, um, we've, pre we've prepared your room to your liking as you as you always wish uh, when you travel on business because he was actually <laughs> shopping with his wife. So literally when he walked into the room, he opened the door and there's all these pictures of himself in the room <laughs> note from the guest relations manager. We've prepared your room to your preference. So his wife was like, what? Are you? <laughs> Why have you got all these pictures of yourself? Yeah. yeah, as in just, just, just fun times. You know, you, you've got to. I don't think you can take yourself too seriously in, in, in what we do. You know, no, there's a time and a place, right? I mean, you know, we we all have the moments where we've got to knuckle down and and just crack on. But uh, you know, life is for living at the same time, right? You know, you've got to yeah. you've got to have a smile on your face. And I um I've just always been a massive believer that that fun and comedy just helps that that kind of flow much easier. Yeah, definitely, especially that and Joe Wick's workouts. Joe, Joe Wick's workouts, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, so so you know, but my time at Mandarin Oriental was you know was, was phenomenal, as in probably the the the, the, chan the most biggest challenging day we had was the the sixth of June when when the hotel unfortunately had a fire two weeks before we were due to reopen. Yeah. I'd actually that morning at nine o'clock, Amanda Hyman, who's the the general manager and now area vice president of operations for mandarin 
um, actually started on the Monday. And on the Wednesday morning at nine o'clock, I had my first one-to-one with her and was kind of like going through, you know, a little bit of history where, where the team had come from and kind of future plans. And then literally at half past four that afternoon, we were all stood in the park kind of thinking, what, what are we going to do next? You know, the hotel had, you know, it, it had a fire, mm-hmm. you know, had to close. But, but you know, Amanda was just absolutely phenomenal at, at her leadership and, right, how are we going to kind of, you know, keep our colleagues engaged, you know, and when we came up with some really, some great ideas around the community, the Fantastic London's campaign where we've retained all of the employees and we kind of wanted a strategy where they could kind of get out, keep them engaged, keep them interested, but raise the profile of the industry and say, these are all the great skills that we've got. So she was just amazing as a GM, you know, to to get that hotel open. And that's visionary, isn't it? Like to to come up with Mm. left field thinking at mm-hmm. a time of adversity god and we we need that right now as well right and and, and, and you know the, the great thing about working for Amanda is she's such a huge supporter of the colleagues and hr function you know and she's it, and when you work with general managers like that that literally are so people focused and you know you kind of go into meetings and you know i think i think in one of the budget reviews that we actually did you kind of you kind of go in and put some money you know you know let, let's pull in let, let's put a little bit in the back pocket as you go in and do the budget review and amanda's kind of one of those where i went in with a budget review and she's like yeah that, that's great but i don't think we've got enough in there and i was like that that's the type of gm you know she she's all about the colleagues and, and all about the people and yeah. again i'm just i'm just so so fortunate that, that kind of when i look back and reflect on my career today i've just worked with so many inspirational fantastic gms like commander kevin kelly david taylor you know that the you know it was, it was jürgen who took over as well you know um addition when, when david moved on just just you know just some really really good people you know mm-hmm. yeah but do you know what yeah i, I think you, you don't find yourself working with people like that if you're useless so you you've, you've probably got to take a, a positive look in the mirror there as well about the the fact that you you you, you put yourself in this position I, I, I try. I try. I try to choose the roles that I go to wisely. Let's put it that way. And and, and yeah, I yeah. go back to. I kind of go back to that kind of ethos that it's kind of really important the teams and the people that you work with. You know, because that is probably, you know, the, the amount of hours you spend at work with these people. If 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 if, if you're not happy with the people that you're working with and your teams that you're working, then, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> you a long day. A long day. You know, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, so so we did a great, you know, I, I think we did a great job at Mandarin Oriental. You know, we kind of positioned that hotel. And, you know, I, I remember going there that when, you know, when we, before the, the renovation, the average rate was around the £500 mark. And, you know, before COVID hit, we were pushing it close to nearly, um, you know, £1,000 a night. So to, to transform Jeez. the ADR from from that to that. And again, right location, right product, right people. Yeah. Just, just, just a great, great time. And, I spoke to somebody recently about the perception of value as mm-hmm. well, because you know, for, you look at that, and that's it's obviously expensive to to the vast majority of uh, of people. But for for one offs and occasions, you know, you really my experience of of any kind of super luxury uh, experience that I've kind of saved up for for a you know a, a special occasion or whatever is that I I don't feel like I've spent that money. It feels like it's value for money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's and that's kind of the thing that that you've always got to focus on, no matter how mu- how much people are actually paying. Is it value for money? As in, 
how do you actually go and make that experience so so special that yeah. they feel that it's valuable and, and and that's that's the beauty of what we do in hospitality isn't it you know we've got some great Absolutely. whether it's luxury whether it's lifestyle whether it's you know entry level you know people want value for money and, and people are happy to pay for that you know yeah yeah absolutely so you you closed the mandarin oriental chapter yeah uh, because uh, uh, another interesting opportunity came your way yeah and, and, and again this is this is another interesting another interesting piece i actually i was actually speaking to to the my, my current employers right back at the start of the year and i was due to meet with them i think january february and because of various things, the meeting kind of got delayed, and then they said they were gonna they were gonna um, appoint a chief operating officer. So I was just you know, like, listen, do you know what? Great that we want to meet, but why don't we kind of regroup when the chief operating officer has been appointed? Because that's kind of important for me. Yeah. You know, again, going back to the philosophy of the people that I work with, you know, the last thing that I kind of want to would want to do is kind of get into a role and then find out, you know, the, the chief operating officer who you kind of got to be working in sync with is, is kind of not necessarily the person that, that maybe we work, work well together. So I'm kind of sat at home um, one one evening and my, my phone kind of goes and it's Mr. David Taylor. And um, he said, oh, no, I'm again, you know, confidentially, confidentially, you know, I've it's going to be, you know, announced tomorrow that um, I'm going to be joining the law group as a COO. I said, "Oh, great! Congratulations! Fantastic!" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the text then went something along the lines of, "By the way, I, I believe." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so obviously that was a massive game changer for me, and and you know what, I, I, the, the time was right as well for me to kind of move on from from Mandarin Oriental. We'd done the refurbishment. We build a great team there. I'm not saying that the work was 100% done there. There's still obviously work to be done there, but yeah, but it's never done, is it? Really, it's never done. And and you know, I, I kind of go back to the opportunity that, that I've got at the moment to be kind of you know the, the the group's people development director. You know, we've got some amazing independent hotels, the Sea Containers. You know, was out in Amsterdam when we were able to travel in that small window a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. The hotel in the Kimpton, which are fabulous properties. You know, a great property in the U.S. Uh, called the Riggs Hotel um, in Washington, and then we've got two two new openings, uh, which I won't mention the names of just yet um, next year, um, yep. as well, and, and and maybe some more that will join the portfolio. You know, as the group progresses, and and the great thing about it is it, it's it's kind of it's kind of a you know small independent company. It's a bit like working for a startup in many ways, so it's kind of it's kind of not doing the same as what we did when we, we, we kind of did addition where you're kind of building a brand from scratch. It's kind of a different role this where you've got these amazing small independent hotels with these are fantastic cultures that we've got in. And how do we kind of bring that together? Yeah. Uh, the law group, co- you know, collection. And, and again, to be working with David, you know, and, and the team that we've got there, you know, the in-house design team are just phenomenal that, that do these hotels. And it's just a really, really nice family atmosphere. And yeah, just, just a good place to be. And again, as I say, I kind of took the, the role, you know, kind of looking at the lights of Genio and, and going, what well, kind of the role that he plays for Dorchester. I know it's kind of very different hotels, but kind of it's type of a role that I kind of would hope that in 10 years time, you know, we sat here over for, over a coffee or maybe a beer, you know, <laughs> um, talking about, you know, where, where the group progressed and, and yeah. we've kind of evolved as well. So, so yeah, exciting times, really, really happy. Well, I, d- I definitely will do re-invites at appropriate yeah. moments down the line. So, um, yeah, well, 
if this is still going in 10 years time then yeah. um one wow but mm. uh but two yeah I'd, I'd, it'd be interesting to see how how you've progressed and it sounds like it's a really really interesting time to join um with lots in the pipeline lots to kind of consider and i suppose for you a, a group role for the first time multi-property but i suppose you've got to find the balance of having a kind of group culture but also allowing <clears throat> excuse me allowing individuality in in the properties yeah and it's it's one of the things you know so so for example we have we kind of have regional teams so we've so we've just developed in the london regional team you know the the amsterdam regional team so so for example the the, the one-to-ones i do with the regional hr directors um every week you know it's kind of interesting how because they're all kind of independent areas in different regions how we kind of going to pull that together so um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a new challenge for me and i'm sure i'll be picking up the phone to to, you know, my, my peers, you know, in these types of roles as well, said, "Hey, can you help me out with this? You know, how how did you, how did you progress from from there to there?" And and you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great opportunity for me. And and hopefully, when you know, when when the world gets back into to a better place and people start traveling again, we'll we'll see a boom in travel and 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 yeah. you know, and, you know the, the group will grow even bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's um it's it's inevitable that there'll initially be this kind of let off the leash mentality that it's just a question of when that happens um, yeah. i think yeah, we're, we're probably a fair few months away from that yet but um but anyway the thing i i you know you'd mentioned there about the fact that you 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 still look to people to kind of help you continue move forward i don't think that ever stops i'm i'm also guessing that that genio has people that he picks up the phone to to ask because nobody ever has all the answers yeah, I'd 100% agree. And if, if you think about the start of this year, you know, as, as, as a HR director, you know, if if you said that, you know, within, you know, five to six months, you'd be an expert in furlough, you'd, you'd be like, yeah, what's furlough? What does that what's even that mean? Word? Yeah. And, and literally at the moment, you know, the, you know, the people directors and, and chief people officers that, that I speak to. And then I also speak to a lot of people outside of industry as well, uh, you know, to kind of get different perspectives. Um, and I'm very, very fortunate that I've been invited to um, like a CIPD group, um, which is the sort of um, people profession in, in the UK. And um, there's kind of 75 of us from different industries headed up by um, a lady called Katie Jacobs that gets us all together and we kind of discuss what's going on mm. in different industries and what's on the agenda and and the thing is you've got to be so agile at the moment because things change so quick and your strategies change so quick and yeah. it's it, it's you know we, we, we all know that the industry has been hurt so badly by by everything that's going on in the world and I'm just kind of looking forward to the to the time when we can start talking about we've not got enough people again to fill the you know fill the roles because at the moment you know that that's firmly off the agenda. Yeah, yeah, that that mean that I'm busier again yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, but um, so how did the uh, the the recognition in the the top forty influential HR happen? I assume that you don't go looking for that; that that comes to you. Do you know why that was? It was a big surprise to me, to be honest. You know, I'm I'm one of those guys who just kind of just kind of get your head down and crack on and, and do what you've got to do. You know, as in, yeah. And I got an invite through the post from from HR magazine, and um, um, and basically, I was like, how does this kind of work? And there is there is actually metrics to it that basically it, it's I, I'm not I'm not an expert in this field whatsoever. So so again, don't quote me on this. But but if you actually go on the HR magazine um, website, it actually tells you how the awards are actually. 
um, done. And it's basically to do with like different number of imprints and, and mentions and um, how kind of you're perceived within the industry. So, so there is there is a kind of science to how they come up with, let's call it that that list um, as well. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, for me, you know, I, I turned 40 last year. For me to be on that list at 40, I was just like, whoa, you know, because there's some, there's some amazing HR professionals on there, you know, as in, you know, from the BBC to, you know, to, you know, to, um, you know, to Jenio's on there, you know, to, to just, of course, leading yeah. organizations. <laughs> and I'm like, have they made a mistake here? Kind of thing, you know, as in, so, so yeah. And, and, you know, but, but it's, it's like all of us, you know, we're all big ambassadors of, of the industry and yeah, supporting the likes of hospitality action, a great word that Mark and Lewis and his team does, you know, as in the stuff, the guys that do with caterer and just actually being a, an advocate for the industry industry more than anything is is probably more important to me you know than than being let's call it on a on a let's let's call it hr influential list but i wouldn't be on that list without being an ambassador for <laughs> let's call it for the industry so um, yeah so yeah, yeah. you know d- d- delighted to be on truly humble to be on that and uh and yeah, so um, <laughs> you know, long may it continue. Hopefully, yeah. But I, you know, I, I, clearly, you, that that's a great sort of showcase for telling people that if you if you keep your head down and crack on, and you're doing something that you're genuinely passionate about, look at, at what can happen. And I've spoken about the, the the similar sort of principle around chefs don't necessarily go looking for Michelin stars mm-hmm. that that they tend to just do what they're really passionate about uh and and they come naturally uh, it's the same sort of principle i guess yeah and and again I, i'm i'm very very fortunate that that kevin kelly actually when i joined st pancras renaissance he kind of probably saw something you know in me and, and kind of like you know this, this guy from the north probably not going to make it you know in london and opening unless I, unless i gave him some help and he actually got me a performance coach is a, is a guy called david fender who i still use today david has, has been a massive massive part of my you know personal and professional success as well you know yeah. and we'll use him today and i've got a lot to thank you know alison lees for early in my career and, and, and david fender um for you know for the last 10 years and he he's really he's wants someone that that kind of really helps me and and i can bounce things away um too as well so um, i actually spoke to him this week actually my new role to say you know checked in with me to say how you're getting on you know how nice you're getting your stall out and and yeah you know it's, it's just just kind of it's just kind of using the resources and people around you to try and, and be the best you can you know and yeah so yeah it's that's that's my, my kind of my, my kind of career story really <laughs> yeah i do you know I, I think it also highlights that you can you know it doesn't really matter who you are you can't get to the top on your own you know you you need people to help you uh, and that doesn't matter you know wherever your ceiling is as an individual i think you you need to you, you've just got to surround yourself with good people yeah and i always used to say you know to, to the team to the team at mandarin and, and the other teams i work with is you know there's, there's definitely no i in team and you win and lose as a team you, you celebrate when you're successful and you you dig in when you know when when you need to dig in it and get things done and and you're absolutely 100 percent right you know as in it, it is a team approach and and the, and the hotels and the businesses that that are successful are the ones that all work together and there's no standout individuals there and and you know kind of all get along you know yeah yeah absolutely i'm conscious of time uh, so I'm, I'll, I'll wrap it up in the not too distant future but uh, there's a, a couple of takeaways from from listening to your story one is 
you obviously missed a real opportunity way back at the beginning to kind of go into the world of stripping because obviously you're from Sheffield. That's what people do in Sheffield. Oh, Monty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was actually filmed in the local working men's club about 10 minutes away from where is I Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> what a belter of a movie that is. But anyway, yeah. that's, that's a different story. <laughs> um, and 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 I think it actually you 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 highlight something that that's come up a couple of times in conversations with people is is that it it really doesn't matter how you arrive in this industry whether you know at the age of thirteen that this is all you're ever going to do or whether you find that by accident it, you know the the industry wants you and the industry can kind of help and 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 guide you um, and you're no, a, another kind of example of the fact that you didn't necessarily well, you kind of knew what you wanted to do, but you then didn't have the, I suppose, the the extra ten percent talent that you needed to make it in football, mm-hmm. and you, so you arrived in hospitality, you know, as a, a a little bit by accident. But that doesn't mean that you can't crack on and you can't, you know, forge out a a pretty spectacular career. Yeah, and you know, I think of kind of you know where, where I grew up, you know, a, a big council estate in in Sheffield to you know, going to work in, in Knightsbridge at the Mandarin Oriental, you know, as in it's, it's, it's a very, very, it's a journey. And, and, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get there on my own at all. But, uh, but, but I'm always a big believer that, you know, never forget where you come from as well. You know, I still go and watch yeah. Wednesday, you know, as, as bad as they are at the moment. Bless you. You know, I still go yeah. home. And, then, <laughs> and, and funny enough that the working men's club, I still go to my dad with, with a pint is literally across the road from that one that you just mentioned where the full months right. was. So, right. so you never forget your roots, you know. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Um, what would you say to somebody who was uh, thinking about a career in hospitality? Oh, I probably mirror what, what everyone else has said on your podcast. It is absolutely the best industry in the world and you can achieve so much and in any place, in any location that you choose to. So yeah, that that is as simple as that. Yeah, no, mm. absolutely. I, the, uh, I'm going to stop asking it, to be honest, because mm. everybody says the same thing. But uh, no, that's that's great. If people want to get a hold of you to to learn about you, your company, what's happening next, what's the best way for them to do that? Follow me on Twitter, John Dawson zero one, or on Instagram, John Dawson zero one. Happy to connect on Instagram, but um, sorry on LinkedIn. But I, I have a rule on LinkedIn that I only connect with people who I've actually physically met or spoken to, because probably like yourself at the moment kind of we get a lot of LinkedIn requests from people trying to sell stuff at the moment so I don't yeah. necessarily accept those but you know always happy to connect on connect on that but but that's kind of my my, my kind of rules is in um that's how, how you can get hold of me fabulous wonderful well thank you John that's that was uh, a, a hell of a lot of fun and um you've got some cracking stories in there and amongst that the the wider story of uh you know and it sounds like well, if you just turned 40, you're just getting started, aren't you? <laughs> so so when we catch up in 10 years' time over a beer and we're talking about 50 and where we progress, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we feel and see if we're still doing the Joe Wicks and the running, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Brilliant. Well, just ab- yeah, my, my pleasure. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Many Cheers, thanks. John. Bye. Bye-bye. And there we have it. A truly wonderful career so far from John, but it's clear that he's got an awesome and interesting challenge ahead of him. He also demonstrates that it's good to stick to your career guns. The better opportunities come along if you're true to yourself. Thanks, John. Don't forget, we'll be back at 8pm every Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.